There's this old adage that says 90% of salespeople hate cold calling and the other 10% are lying. (laughs) I can totally relate to this. And if you can relate to this too, and you do everything in your power to avoid script practicing and lead generating, then this episode is for you. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Hey, Bus Bench Babes, it's Beth here doing a solo episode, and we are going to talk all about script practicing and lead generating. These are the two things that I, I, I'm just going to be honest, they're the things that I avoid doing. I have had bigger adversions to them in my earlier career than I do now. But honestly, so many salespeople, I see this on our team. I see this with real estate agents in general. I see it with a lot of people just in sales is that make, picking up that phone and making the phone call that can be really terrifying for people. And a lot of times people do everything in their power to do everything but pick up the phone and make the call. They'll text, they'll send a note. And not that those things are bad, but just actually picking up the phone and making that call, there's something about it. There's that lost art there. It's the best way for you to get your personality across, to really truly make a connection with another person. And I think since COVID, we're all craving that connection that we lost being in a virtual world where all we did was Zoom 24 hours a day. Can anyone remember that? Like I doing Zoom happy hours and Zoom brunches with family. Holy cow. Like I'm, if we never go back to that, I it, it would be fine with me. <laughs> so let's jump in here. Script practicing. Let's talk about that first. Scripting is one of those things that I feel like is a necessary thing in order for you to be able to be comfortable having the actual conversation with a potential buyer or seller or even just a past client. You don't want to be practicing on a client that is going to buy a half a million dollar house or, you know, some parts of the country, a million dollar house is a first time home buyer house. And God forbid you like run into someone and they want to buy, you know, a $2 million house or a million dollar house or whatever that price point is for you. And you don't know what to say. And you're bumbling through the conversation and you sound nervous. You don't sound like what you you know what you're talking about. You don't sound credible, credible. How are you going to be able to build your business? 
How are you going to be able to get those repeat customers? I mean, sure, when the market is really hot, it doesn't take a whole lot of skill to sell real estate and to do a decent job. And I'm just going to call it what it is. There's plenty of people that have had a lot of dumb luck in real estate, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily know what they're doing. So in order for you to show up as that trusted professional that sounds credible, that really knows what they're talking about, I believe you have to script practice and script practice is it's uncomfortable. It's awkward, but wouldn't you rather fumble and bumble through a conversation with a friend that really wants you to have success in real estate rather than doing it with a potential buyer or seller and then leaving that conversation. And they're like, Oh my God, that person has no clue what they're talking about. So here's a couple of tips that I do for script practicing. There are a lot of groups out there. Uh, One of our business partners does a script battle and our team has sat in on that before. And I actually um, got to judge it the last time, which was pretty fun. And what that is, is they pick a topic out of a hat and then they pick two names out of the hat. So there'll be two agents sort of battling against each other. And so one of the agents leaves the room and they, they, of course, they both know what the topic is. One of the agents leaves the room And then the first person goes and, you know, does their script practicing with their team lead back and forth, asking the questions, doing the ring, ring, hello, hi, yada, yada. I'm thinking about selling my house, yada, yada. And then that, then when that person's done, then they have the second person come back in and then they are given the same objection and then they do it and they battle against each other. And I think it's really cool because they don't hear each other do it, but what it does for the audience when you're sitting in on a situation like that is you're like, Oh, well, okay. If this were me, I would relate more to Samantha's way of doing it versus Tommy's way of doing it. And you're going to pick up things that are going to feel more aligned with how you talk, how you like to educate. And so that is a great way to learn. And it's a great way to just sit there with a notebook and take notes. Um, that is, that's a key thing. Another thing um, that I love to do when script practicing, if you're doing it in person with just like one other person is to do it where you're standing back to back, where you're not looking at each other. It can get really uncomfortable script practicing when you're facing each other, because if you're calling someone, you aren't going to be able to see their face. And so just taking away that piece of the equation where you're not staring at each other, like now what? Now, what are you going to say? Because that can get super awkward and it can really like make you like stump yourself when if somebody's talking just back and forth in a natural conversation over the telephone, it's probably going to flow a lot better. So standing back to back where you're not looking at each other is a great way to do it just to like take that extra little fear out of it, especially if you're new to script practicing, that can get really nerve wracking. And um, I had a script um, partner for quite a while and he and I would call each other, I don't know, four or five times a week. And it would be first thing in the morning, like 7 a.m. before I got my day started, before anything got crazy. And we would just script practice back and forth over the phone. And we would go through different scripts that each of us wanted to work on. And what it, it was so funny. I just still remember this one time he and I were talking, his name was Tom. He and I were talking and I'm like, okay, Tom, um, it was great talking to you, blah, blah, blah. I'll follow up with whatever I said I was going to follow up with. And I'm like, okay. And then I hung up on him. 
I started laughing. I'm like, oh crap, I wasn't supposed to hang up on him. It honestly felt like we were having like a true conversation about real estate that I forgot we were script practicing and I I actually hung up on him. And then I called him back and we were just both like totally cracking up. So that's a great way to script practice where it's feeling so natural that you almost forget that you're script practicing. So those are just some tips and tricks that I really love to use to like hone in my craft. And what you find when you're having conversations with uh, potential buyers and sellers and past clients is that there really is only a handful of objections that you're going to come across. It's very rare that you're going to come across an objection that's so out there in left field that you're like, uh, I don't know. And if somebody gives you an objection that's so far out there that you don't have an answer for it, you can just simply say, Hey, you know what? Um, I actually don't have the answer to that right off the top of my head. You know what? Let me do a little bit of digging and circle back with you. Most people are going to appreciate the fact that you don't have an answer, but you're going to research an answer and get back to them rather than just giving them a line of BS because people can people, consumers are savvy nowadays. They can sniff out the BS from like 10 miles away. So if you are that person that just says, yeah, you know what? you know what, I haven't run across this scenario, but you know, I love to learn and I let me just hunt down some answers for you and I'll get back to you, whatever, this afternoon. And call them back when you say that you're going to call back and that's when someone is really going to appreciate that. But when you're practicing your scripts, there really isn't that many outside of the box scenarios that you have to really hone in on because everybody has the same concerns. Buyers have the same concerns. Many sellers all have the same concerns. So if you can hone in on those few things, you're going to be winning. Are you scared to death to pick up the phone and call potential clients? I feel you. And I might just have the solution for you. I've created an exclusive podcast just for you that's going to take all the worry out of these questions when they come up. I share real life scenarios that we all experience and we might not know what to say, but I got you. Head to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com. Click on this exclusive Bus Bench Babes Insider Podcast episode created completely free and just for you. Now back to the show. Now let's talk about the actual prospecting, cold calling, lead generating, whatever you want to call it, however you want to package it. It's all the same thing. So let me just talk about some of the things that I really like to do for lead generating. And I I put this in the category of eating the frog. Have you heard that, te- that definition or that phrase before? Um, eating the frog means, of course, eating a frog would be disgusting, right? Nobody would want to do that out of their own free will. So eating the frog means every day, you do the thing that you want to do the least and get it out of the way. So then everything else in your day will feel easy. So I let, I'm just, I'm just going to call it what it is. I'm going to put lead generating in that category. It's one of those things that it becomes one of the hardest things for salespeople to do and especially real estate agents. And I think part of why real estate agents have like the aversion to lead generating is there's so many more things that are like, fun and kind of the sexy things to do. You're like, Oh, I would rather do a video on social media, or I'd rather get on Canva and make some real estate graphics 
maybe you would even rather write an email or run uh, market analysis versus picking up the phone. But picking up the phone is just like real estate 101. Tom Ferry would always say like real estate is a contact sport. So if you are not making connections and having real estate conversations, you're going to be out of business. We are in the business of making real estate connections. So let's let's talk about just actually what are some like key principles to lead generating and how can you do it to make your life easier? And I honestly think this kind of goes hand in hand with scripting too. You can use these same principles for when you're script practicing is that pick a specific time of day when you do it. I really like to lead generate and script practice in the morning. If I push it off and I'm the same way with working out, if left to my own devices, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work out after work. It literally never happens. And I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) happy hour seems a lot more fun than going to the gym or uh, going to happy hour seems a lot more fun than lead generating. So the tricky part is, is that a good times to call where you're going to get like the best number of people answering their phones is late morning. And then in the afternoon between four and six. So um, our team has done call nights where we get together and call have call parties where, you know, I provide dinner and we all hang out and are going through our database and calling past clients. And the evening is super great for that. But would you lead generate and would you be making calls at night just in general? Maybe not. So if, the, if you're new to all this and you're really trying to get into a routine, my suggestion is start with the morning. Start there and then you can always work up to calling in the evening. Um, but I like to do certain days of the week, certain times of the day, and just like say I'm going to carve out 9 to 11 or eight to 10, whatever that looks like for you. I have had really good luck, even though like the, the officials or the, um, you know, kind of the, the rule of thumb is late mornings are good. I love to catch people like when they're on their way to work, because there still is a lot of people going to work. So kind of like between that eight and 10, I would get people on the phone pretty regularly, especially in that eight to nine o'clock hour. But you do, you need to decide what hours work best for you set your days that you're doing it, and you really have to have a routine. So what does that routine look like? Well, it's so easy to come up with excuses like, I need to go to the bathroom, and I need to get a drink of water, and, um, you know, oh, I need to check my email first, and I need to do this, and I need to do that. And those are simply excuses. And those will be the things that will distract you. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oops, it's 1030. I'm, or it's a 1059. Okay, I guess I'm done. And you actually haven't done the work. Do you find yourself doing this? I'm, I'm going to tell you, I have been guilty of this over the years. So let's say like put just put your normal just put like a rule of thumb in place like i'm going to go to the bathroom first okay then that's out of the way grab you know i've got my stanley literally sitting right next to my microphone right now get your mug of water get a cup of coffee whatever that looks like for you get your beverage because you're going to be talking so your throat's probably going to get dry Um, what does it look like for you? Do you need some soft music playing in the background? Do you need to have a headset, a noise canceling headset? Or if you're in an office setting, a noise canceling headset is probably going to be a really great thing. 
The other awesome thing about wearing a noise canceling headset is that it's basically telling everybody else around you. If you're doing this from home, it's going to tell your family. If you're doing this from the office, it's going to tell those coworkers that want to stop by your office and chitty chat and waste your time. It's basically telling everyone this is a universal sign if I'm not available for a conversation right now. And you know what a little secret is sometimes I leave my headphones on afterwards. So then people still think that I'm lead generating, even though I'm not because I want to get more done and have some peace and quiet. So that's just my little side tidbit. Make yourself super organized, like have a list of who you're going to call. Um, are you going to call past clients? Are you going to call buyer leads? Are you going to call seller leads? Are you know, what does this look like? Are you going to call people you know, or don't know? Are you going through maybe the pond in your CRM on your team? What is this going to look like? Make a plan. And you know, the experts always say, if you're the most successful people make their plan the night before. So if you're making your plan the night before and you're that person, like, who am I going to call tomorrow when I'm lead generating? So when I get to the office, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly who I'm going to be calling and you're not dilly dallying and screwing around for the first 30 minutes of your lead generating time, trying to figure out who you're going to call. That is already in place. So when you're sitting down, you're ready to jump on the phone and start making those phone calls. Um, and the other thing is just keeping a specific routine. So you know exactly what days you're going to be doing this, what time you're doing this. The routine is you've gone to the bathroom, you have your water, you have your phone numbers ready to go. Some people like to lead generate standing up. They have better energy. Sometimes people like walk and talk. I like to, I I'm not really one to stand up, but I've had a lot of friends say like, that's how they get their brain into the mode of lead generating is that they put on a headset and they start walking and talking, and then they can make notes in their CRM on their phone after they get off the call. I'm one of those people that I like to take notes as I'm having the conversation because I just want to make sure that I don't miss any of those specific details or maybe a specific date that someone is telling me saying, Hey, we're going to be out of town on April 3rd through the 5th. Oh shoot. I better write that down. So I, that's just what really works for me. Um, and I have heard people that put a mirror in right in front of their computer, right in front of their desk. So when they are talking on the phone and they look in the room, in the mirror, they're reminding themselves to smile because when you're smiling and when you're having a conversation with someone that translates through on the phone versus if you have a resting bitch face going on, then people are like, she doesn't even sound like she's in a good mood. But if you can keep it like jovial and happy and light and you're smiling you're going to get a better conversation going and you're going to think this is hippie and woo woo and hippy dippy. But literally before you get on the phone call, have a conversation with yourself and say, you know, like I'm a lead generating machine. People like me, trust me and want to work with me saying some mantras to yourself every day before you get on the phone call. It sounds ridiculous but I've had great success using it. So I'm going to say that until my last breath that doing some mantras, it can't hurt. Let's just say that. So um, what if you had like double screens on your desk, you know, so you could have one with phone calls and one where you're in your CRM typing notes. Like there's a lot of ways where you can set yourself up for success. 
Um, do you use a dialer? I have never used a dialer. I'm just going to go on record saying that there's a lot of people that love using dialers. And what dialers do is that you put in a list of, if you're totally new to this, and this is like lead generating 101 for you, it, a dialer, you upload a list of phone numbers and you can get those from anywhere. You can get it from paid services. You can get it from your CRM. And what it does is that the dialer starts just dialing the phone number. So there's never that lag time where you have to be like beep, bop, boop, 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 and typing in the phone number. It automatically puts the phone numbers in there for you. And so what the whole point of it is, is that you can call more people. And some people do double dialers, like it, it feels way beyond my skill set. However, people have major success with dialers. I have over the years um, paid for subscriptions where I can find phone numbers. And I had a subscription through Cole for years and years. And Cole, it's pretty pricey. And so they let us do a shared subscription. So I did it with a couple of people in my office. And then we just, no one was ever on it enough where you can only have one person logged in at a time. But I feel like no one was in there enough where it was, we never had like a traffic jam in there, but it's great. So let's use a just listed or just sold. For instance, I can put in the address of the home that I just sold, say one, two, three Elm street, and it will pull up all of the, maybe the single family homes around it. Maybe it's in a condo building and I want to just call everyone in that condo complex. The very, I'll tell you an awesome story. The very first time I ever did circle prospecting around a listing that sold. I think I had like 10 offers on this condo. It was super hot. Uh, so hot. In fact, I had to hire Mark to stand at the door down at the condo to basically like let people in. And then we had like the directionals, you know, those open house arrows to the elevator. And then once you got up to the floor and then I had to sign like push number 10 for the open house and thank God, none of the neighbors like lost their mind about it. But Mark was there, you know, obviously monitoring the door. And then people came up to the open house. It was so packed. It was like a traffic jam. And then after I sold that property, I started circle prospecting to everyone in that community that I was able to call. And side note, make sure that you are really paying attention to those do not call lists that can get you in a pinch. And Keller Williams had like a major, major lawsuit about that not too long ago. So be really mindful about what those rules are. So obviously I wasn't calling anyone those on the do not call list, but was calling people and said, Hey, I just sold the unit at yada, yada, yada. And I can't tell you what it sold for. Actually, I did it after it closed. So I was able to disclose how much uh, the unit sold for and how many offers that we had. And I just said, well, what this means was, you know, whatever we had like 12 offers, there are 11 more people that are, are parties that are interested in this building that would probably write an offer. Do you have any thoughts of selling your home? Or are you curious as to what your home is worth? And I got a call back right away. And the guy said, how did you get my phone number? And I'm like, Oh, I just looked it up online. And he's like, Oh, interesting. And then he said, Yeah, like my wife and I are building a new house. And we thought about keeping this as a rental. And we just really didn't want to deal with the rental aspect. So yeah, we really are considering selling. Can you come over and give us a valuation? 
Sure enough, went over there, gave them a valuation, um, listed the home, and someone on our team actually sold it. So we had three transactions within one building in a matter of two months. It was pretty incredible. So I felt like I had super beginner's luck with my first time circle prospecting. But there's so many different ways that you can all use all these call lists. So Cole is just one of the phone number subscriptions that I have had good luck with over the years. So let's talk about like, when you're calling, not necessarily like specifically what to say, but you need to become like the trusted advisors. So salespeople who are the trusted advisors and understand the needs of the buyer are 69% more likely to get the sale. 69%. So if you're script practicing, you know what to say, you feel comfortable, you know what stats are in your area, you have specific talking points, you have a 69% chance that you're going going to get that real estate sale. Why would you not do this? Why would you not put energy into practicing your scripts and really having a lead generation process in place? When you get someone on the phone, ask all the questions. Ask how you can stay in touch. Ask if you can follow up. Don't just leave a conversation open-ended at the end and like, oh, just going to leave it hanging. And then you call them back and they're like, well, who are you? Well, you know, when you call back, then you have the opportunity to say, yeah, I told you, you know, Hey, I'm just following up. Um, I said that I was going to stay in touch and it's been a month and yada, yada. So ask if you can continue to stay in touch, ask for emails. You can add someone onto your weekly email list. The whole goal is to get, especially a, a lead that doesn't know you get them to the stage where they know, like, and trust you. So they want to do business with you. I always say you got to create value. If you're not creating value, what is going to be the incentive for that buyer or seller to want to continue to have conversations with you? There's not going to be any. Um, Nurture. Let's talk about that for a second. Back when I would say like within the last, I don't know, eight to 10 years, the numbers were, it took about seven to nine phone calls to get a buyer to convert or to be able to actually like get them on the phone to be able to have a conversation. And I was sitting in one of my masterminds recently and a really top producing team that I follow closely and respect out on the West coast. They are able, they have been like tracking all of their numbers. They have an inside sales team. Their agents are all lead generating really regularly. And what they said, that number is about 33 on their team. And I'm like, what? Like, How in the last eight to 10 years did seven to nine contacts or like reach out attempts on a lead? How in the hell did that number go from 10 to 33? How many people have enough dedication to reach out to someone 33 times? Um, That's where most salespeople go wrong. And they're like, oh, these leads suck. No, the leads don't suck. Generally, the person uh, lead generating is the one that is dropping the ball. And it's not usually the leads. The consumer just reached out for information and maybe they just aren't there yet. Maybe they're at the top of the funnel and not the bottom of the sales funnel. So you need to meet them where they're at and you need to nurture, 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 nurture. Another thing to think about is instead of 
thinking about leads as cold leads and calling them like, I'm going to have to cold call. What if you change that in your brain to say, I'm going to have some nurturing calls today. So people just want to know that you actually give a crap about them. They want to know that you're listening to them. That's why I like to take notes so I can say, oh yeah, you said you're going to be on vacation early April. How was your trip to wherever? Savannah, what was your favorite thing that you saw? Oh my gosh, did you uh, you know, try the sweet tea at such and such a place that I told you about? People want to know that you're actually invested in what they're doing. You know like what their wants and needs are. And then they're going to be like, yeah, this person actually feels like they're part of my team and they are going to, you know, they, they want to know that like you're all on the same team and you have their best interests in mind and you really want um, to help them solve whatever their problem is. Maybe they've got a tricky real estate scenario or maybe they, they think their scenario is super unique and special to them. It's probably one that you've dealt with before, but making everyone feel like they're kind of like your one and only client will go a long way. And that will be the thing that fills up your pipeline. So I hope some of these tips and tricks um, helped you. I hope you can get a specific routine down pat so you could be lead generating regularly and don't be part of that old adage of 90% of salespeople hate calling and the other 10% are lying. If you make it fun, if you set up a routine and you're really making connections with people, honestly, what I find for myself is I put it off, put it off, put it off. And then I lead generate. And even after like the first couple of phone calls, when I'm talking to people and I have like a great connection, I get off the phone. And honestly, I can tell you like one of the last times I told Carrie, I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't know why I avoid this so often because every time I make a connection with someone, it totally regenerates me. And it, it's just like, I don't know. It's like a hit of caffeine or something. It's kind of crazy. So, um, sign up for the, uh, my special insider episode where I'm going specifically into, Um, What are the most common objections with buyers, sellers for sale by owners and your sphere and how I actually reach out to them and what that looks like. So sign up for that. And I would love to hear how your routine is set up for success for lead generating. And tell me if you're just getting a routine going, shoot me a message. Let me know what you're struggling with and let me know what you found to be really successful to make lead generating a fun thing to do and not drudgery. All the best to you. And I hope you close incredible amounts of deals this year and really serve clients, love on clients, and you take your lead generating to the next level. So until next time, bus bench babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.